Since the Sandbox fans, we are back and we're going to do some free agent predictions for the rest of our remaining free agents. So, Lou, just starting off with the big needle in the haystack, Cam Newton, the quarterback, is obviously still a free agent. I have the Chargers as a perfect fit, but we know that they've publicly said that they trust Tyrod Taylor and they just drafted Justin Herbert. So I don't think that that would be a situation that Cam might be interested in long term. But I think that's a team that's ready to win now. So I definitely think that there could be interesting if something was to ever change about their perception of Tyrod. But just getting to more realistic options, Big Ben doesn't make the season, which has been the case a lot of the time recently. You know, the Steelers wouldn't be a bad scenario for a guy like Cam Newton. I feel like he really would fit the mold for what they're trying to do there. But let's also not forget the Washington Redskins coach is now Ron Rivera. And if he doesn't, you know, think too highly of Dwayne Haskins starting out, Cam can come right in. And and even if it is just on like a one-year deal, if Cam was the starter for one year, Haskins could learn a lot, learn a different system. And, you know, we'll see what, what could possibly happen. But I just think those are most realistic situations right now. I just don't really see see what other team is maybe besides the Jags that could have an interest in them. Steve, Cam Newton will be on the all-2020 free agent team the whole season. He's not signing. Wow. Really? He will not sign. I will put my life on it. He will not be a backup. He is way too proud. And Steve, the one team I see him going to next season, the Raiders. I don't think that that's too crazy of a scenario that he does miss the whole year. But I just think, you know, w- with injuries coming up when training camp does stuff and stuff like that, that, you know, some teams really could make the call to commit to him just being the starter. But yeah, he, he definitely won't take a backup situation. And as you know, someone that's really trying to get a starting gig, you know, I don't blame him. I mean, we saw how it worked out successfully for Teddy Bridgewater, but it doesn't always work the same. But Lou, let's move to the running back position. We have two really interesting names here, and I'm going to save the second one for you to start us off with, but I'm going to start with the first one, and that's Devontae Freeman. And I have two spots that I think could be a really interesting fit, and I think that they could both work, but I don't think that he is going to be, you know, a automatic running back one, you know, give the ball to 20 times anymore. I think he has too much tread on those tires. And I think that just being like a complimentary piece to, you know, a 1A, a 1B or a 1 and 2 punch. I think if he was like, you know, a second, third guy or third down back, I think he could really make a strong impact for a team. And, you know, why not pair him back up with, with his old coach and Kyle Shanahan and go with Tevin Coleman to San Francisco? I think that would be a really good fit. We saw that they traded Breida. They did like Mostert there, and, and he probably will see see a lot more of, of the carries than we think. But I don't think Freeman is going to be for, you know, the, this big price on, on the contract. So I think that they can make that work for cheap. But another team, I know the Cardinals have Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. But just kind of having, you know, a veteran leader in that room, I think he would be another guy good in a limited role there. I like the first scenario. I like the second scenario, Steve. But you know where I like him a lot? Because I agree with you. I don't think he's going to uh, bring in a, a big penny on the on the free agent market. I wouldn't doubt the Patriots bring him in, man. I think they need a running back that's more trustworthy than Sony Michelle that can really give Stidham some stability where they trust that you can dish it out to him because we know Sony doesn't catch passes and that he can run it. Like you said, Steve, not be the number one, but you know what I mean? Being a platoon role. And I think that's what the Patriots are all about. And I just like that fit. They never really have an extremely skilled running back, but I think they may need one. I do like that fit. I do think it is against the 
whole New England-esque type move. You know, they drafted Damian Harris last year, and he didn't see the field. Still having James White and Sony Michelle. I don't know if they would be interested in signing a running back having that much. I do think that that fit, even with all those guys there, would be great, you know, because James White is good as a receiving in a limited down role. You know, I, I could really trust a guy like Freeman to, to give it on on first and second down when, you know, Sony needs a break. And who knows what the kid Harris is going to turn into be. But I definitely don't think he's just going to sit on the roster and be a nobody again all year this year. But, Lou, do you want to start us off with Carlos Hyde? Yes, so I think he is going to the New England 2.0, the Buccaneers. I think he's a veteran. I think Brady likes that. I think Aaron's likes that he's been in a couple of different systems. He can catch, he can pass, and he is used to Steve. Let's not forget this. He's been used to being with Duke Johnson this whole time and and the Texans, man, where he's not used to being – a number one. So there's no expectation of you get Carlos Hyde and he's going to demand anything. It's like, no, he's used to a platoon role. Brady likes platoon running backs who can catch. And I I think, I don't think he's going to fetch a big penny anyways, but I think that's a very good fit because I know he thinks he can win there and he can be a vital piece of what they're, they want to do. I don't think that that's a bad fit at all, but I do like the fits that I have a lot. One of the scenarios that I talked about earlier with the Bills, Lou, I think Singletary is a great running back to start, but I think he needs a a one-two punch. And I think Hyde would be an awesome compliment to what he is. So I I think that could be a a good fit for for a team that really wants to ground and pound. But two other teams, you know, they they already have a crowded running back room, but I think Hyde could really be the guy that could have the most success in both of these running back rooms, and that's the Rams and the Eagles. Uh, Lou, I know you rave about the Cam Akers pick that the Rams had, but I think if he could learn from a guy like Hyde and they can compete against each other, we could see them both of those guys really be at top notch, and we know Malcolm Brown and Darnell Henderson are both in that room already. So that could be a good group of guys, and if they don't have the depth at the wide receiver position, why not have it at the running back, you know? I like that. I like that a lot. The other team, Lou, is the Eagles. You know, Miles Sanders is there, and and we saw what he could be as a rusher, as a receiver. But I I just think, you know, just to kind of take it easy on him early and just preserve him for, you know, the the distance of a whole season, why not bring in a guy like Hyde to be his number two? Obviously, Miles Sanders gets the bulk. But you would really want him on first down running the ball, and you want him on third down catching the ball. So give him a second down break and, and go get a guy like Hyde to fit in there. Uh, the most realistic of this situation, I, I think, would probably be the Eagles, to be honest. I just don't know who else they have in that running back room. I mean, maybe Boston Scott with Miles Sanders. So I think that might be something that after some of these other free agents fall that they could address. Yeah, I agree. And see, let's get into the wide receivers, man, because this guy, he's not great. I think he's a good kind of – he can be in special teams. He's quick. He's small. Taylor Gabriel, man, he's coming handy. That's what I'm feeling. I like him a lot. I think he was a good two receiver on the Bears. Obviously, in a, in a crappy offense, too, Steve. We saw him kind of thrive a little bit. I just I think either the Colts or the Eagles are really the only two places where a guy kind of like this fits for now. I feel you. I do think that Indy would want to trust their investment a little bit. You know, think that Pittman can develop into being immediate impact. But I also think, you know, Paris Campbell and Zach Pascal, those guys, I think, they really want to see what they can have in them as well. Uh, Steve, they have, they have Pittman slotted as the X receiver this season already. How nuts is that? That is not to put him in there so quick. But I'm going to come in with mine for Taylor Gabriel. And I really think that there's a couple of teams that could benefit w- with his services. A team that I thought was going to you know, really focus on, on getting a receiver in the draft 
was the Jets. And I, I think that the Jets could be a possible good fit. All they have there is Brashad Perryman, really, and Jamison Crowder. So I think putting Taylor Gabriel over there could be a, a good, you know, two, three option, depending on how you would slot those guys out. But two other fits. Um, the Pats and the Ravens, two top dogs that were in the AFC last year. The Ravens, I think, would, would really complement from from a Taylor Gabriel because I think he emulates Marquise Brown a lot in their gameplay. I don't know if he's as explosive as Marquise Brown is, but, you know, they're the, the similar type. I think they're great possession receivers. And I think that's, that's what Lamar Jackson needs is possession guys. But just as far as the fit with the Pats go, you know, I just think that Julian Edelman is going to need help somewhere. And I don't know if Nikhil Harry is going to be able to get on the field to necessarily give him that help. I know I can't trust Jared Stidham to, to necessarily get him the ball until I see some more about him. But I think those fits could work out. Most realistically, though, I would probably say the Jets. Yeah, Steve, that's funny because now Quincy Inunua is on the season-ending IR, so they really do need that third guy. And I liked him, too. Inunua really hasn't got too much luck as far as all those injuries go with his neck. But the Jets have really just just banked on it, and, and you know, I think it's really time to address it. Good old Jets. Going to a, a next guy, Lou, I'm not sure if this guy's going to get signed, and that's Chris Hogan. If he was to get another chance, I think it would be as, as a number three or number four guy. And to be honest, I think that would only be in with a team like the Texans or the Lions just to have you know, that, that similar system that, that he kind of thrived in with New England. So just either going with Patricia in Detroit or, you know, going down to Houston to, to be an extra guy over there. Those are the really only two scenarios where I could see him getting a chance on a team. Really? So I have two. I think that the Eagles really need a possession receiver. I think they're really going to have to wait a while for, for Regalor, that kid, um, Justin Regalor from the draft, to really get going. Uh, Deshaun Jackson's never healthy. Alshon Jeffrey has no hands. Um, and then Steve, the Bucks. I think Brady makes a personal phone call and says, hey, I like this guy to be on the field for, for a few snaps a game, and I can trust him in big moments. And I really don't think that's out of question, Steve, especially middle of the season. If someone on the Bucks goes down, I wouldn't be surprised if Chris Hogan gets a phone call. No, if, if that was a case, I, I would say that, that Brady would, would probably push for Adelman if he could. But but if that if that was out, Hogan was available. I could see that uh, make work. But Lou, let's let's go to the one offensive lineman we have. Uh, this guy was was a top tackle in the league for many years, but now he's kind of at the back end of his career, and this is a a weird thing for him, free agency. But Jason Peters, I actually have him having two fits. One being the Eagles, so just signing back. The other one, Lou, would be going down to Tampa with the Bucks. And he's just a guy that he can be a swing tackle. You know, he put him in as left tackle, and you can trust him to protect the blind side of the quarterback. You can put him at right tackle. You can put him at any of the guard positions, and he's going to be solid. He's going to be a leader at that position. I think the Eagles don't really have the depth on the offensive line, but they also want to move forward with the investment that they made in Andre Dillard. So I think that's why the Jason Peters scenario could play out a couple of weeks just to kind of see what his market could be. I agree. I have the Eagles as one of the teams, Steve, but I also have another team that also drafted an offensive lineman in the draft in the last couple of seasons. I have the Browns. I really, really think that they like their picks on the offensive line, but Steve, they don't really have any veterans now that Joe Thomas has been gone for a couple of seasons. And you can never have too much old line depth. They have the money, Steve. They have kind of not the need now that they've drafted Steve, but they need the security, you know, like they're all in all hands on deck and I just feel like it couldn't hurt. I mean, to bring in a veteran, like you said, who could change a locker room 
to a team that really needs the support at O-line. I feel like any team that doesn't sign him, Steve, it could be a big mistake. Yeah, it definitely could because I don't think he would come with a hefty price either. I definitely think, you know, a team gearing up to make a Super Bowl run would be interested. And Lou, the Browns I almost had as a fit myself, but I was just thinking, you know, as they addressed some of the offensive line position in the draft that they would shy away from this. But I also think that the movement makes a lot of sense. So that, that was definitely a good put there. But let's go to the defensive side of the ball, Lou, and let's go to one of the biggest names left in free agency, Jadavion Clowney. Really weird that that a guy with his value is still on the market. And, you know, it just hasn't really made sense. He said when free agency started, he was going to start off with $22 million. Now I hear it's as low as $16 million. I heard the Seahawks weren't going higher than $12 million. So I just don't really know where his market really stands. But I think the remaining teams, uh, I think all these teams have need at this position. And that's the Giants, the Jets, and the Falcons. The Jets definitely need more pass rush help losing Leonard Williams last year to the Giants. And even with the addition of Leonard Williams to the Giants, we still need help from that linebacker, that outside position, just generating sacks and just getting more pressure. I think the Giants out of all three of these teams would be the best fit. But don't be surprised if the Falcons try and overload on pass rushes just to fix that mistake. Yeah, no, Stephen, I had the Falcons in the running for him. But you know who I really think will get him just because they have space, Steve? They're a young team who focuses on the defensive side. I think Miami's a real player. They had $27 million left in cap space. Flores is a hell of a coach. And the pitch to Clowney would kind of be, hey, man, we can pay you. It's great weather, and we might have something special here. I feel like not a lot of teams left have all of those qualities to offer him. And, man, he would be a hell of a piece for that team. Be disruptive in the AFC East for the next, like, seven seasons. Lua, I almost had Miami in it as one of mine. And just before I wrote them down, I just thought about what they kind of addressed already. And I was just thinking, you know, I, I think Van Noy would play a similar position to what Clowney would play. But if he was to line up on the opposite side of him and just, you know, kind of keep doing what he does, I think both of those guys would definitely have success in that role. I think that would be a good fit, especially financially, just like you said. Getting to the next guy we have, that's Everson Griffin. Definitely an established veteran, would be a, a solid pass rusher on a team championship bound. But just getting to more realistic scenarios, Lou, I, I think he has a good chance to sign it back with the Vikings. But besides that, we just we were just talking about Miami. I think they could use a veteran pass rusher like Everson Griffin inst- instead of Clowney because the price tag wouldn't be as high. And he's just he's had a lot of experience. You can trust him to be on the field for 16 games. So I, I think I think that impact that he would have would be changing for that defense. But as far as Seattle goes, you know they they're the team that lost Clowney. So I think making sure they got that pass rush from another position would be important. And like I said, Everson Griffin is cheaper option and Seattle picked up Greg Olson. You know, they're really trying to gear up to make another run with Pete Carroll. I don't think that that would be a surprise either. No, Steve, I don't think it would be at all. But the team I I, I think he could go to because they have the money. They would overpay him, I believe. Defensive-minded coach and in the same division as his, his former team, which I believe would be the Vikings, is the Lions. I think that if he went to the Lions, they really need, honestly, help at almost all positions on the defense. He'd bring, finally, a veteran presence there. They have the money, and he would know a little bit on the inside about each team. You know what I mean? Like, Could you imagine him lining up against Kirk Cousins, you know? Or Rodgers again, he's already been used to that. I think that's a good fit, but like you said, Steve, he could go a lot of places. I just think the Lions will be willing to pay him more than other teams. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I def catch you. Lou, going going to our next guy um, is actually a guy that the Lions cut. And, and that's Snacks Harrison, uh, Damon Harrison, former New York Giant. He got traded from the Giants to the Lions for mid-round selection. He's, he's definitely found his, his way around the league, you know, after being a top interior defensive lineman. Lou, I, I would say that, that there's two fits right now, and I don't even think that they're necessarily glaring fits. But I just think for, for what he could produce to where these teams are, I, I think he could be really solid for them. And that's the Raiders and the Browns. You know, the Browns, I think he would definitely have more of an impact as a guy that that can affect the run and really let Miles Garrett get after the passer. With the Raiders, I think he can let let a guy like Cleveland Farrell really benefit from having a guy like Snacks, you know, clogging the hole and, and just having running backs go go outside or make it making you know the quarterbacks travel outside the pocket. So I think he could still be you know used in a in a veteran role to play you know early downs, run stuff but I don't think he's the three-down player he was. I agree, Steve. I see him, though, in the AFC North with the Steelers. I just think that they need a little reassurance up front. They don't have a ton of cap space left. But like you said, he could play a very good rotational role and just assure a team that really thinks they have playoff aspirations and make sure that they're all solid up I just think that the Steelers are that type of team where they want to have D-line secured. Mike Tolan wants to have all the bases covered. I mean, I think that's an attractive place to play. I mean, you, you have Big Ben coming back. You have a great coach in Tomlin. And, and that defense was spectacular, like like we talked about in, in our um, Top 5 Defenses episode. No, yeah, for sure. It, it definitely was. Lou, coming in with the next guy, Michael Kendricks. Where do you have him going, Lou? Because this one wasn't interesting for me. I had trouble with this one. I did. And the only place, Steve, I could see him, because they've lost so many players because of the cap problem. And I don't even know how it's going to get resolved, because he's going to want not a huge chunk of change, but you're going to have to pay him a little little bit is the Rams. I mean, it's a veteran-centric defense that really relies on intelligence and, and being in the right positions at the right time. And I feel like he's done that his whole career. It's just, can they pay the man? It's like, there's a lot of teams that would like to have him, but can they actually give it? You know what I mean? I feel like it just has to be really the right fit. And I think that if there's any team that could pull it out, it would be the LA Rams. I definitely think that that could be a, a sneaky fit. The two teams that, that I had down, and, and one of them, it would have to be a reunion for it to happen. That That's Philly. You know, they're really struggling at that linebacker position. And after leaving Philly, going to Seattle, I think that the Philly fit could work out for, for both of them. It, it just, like you said, it, it would come down to a matter of money. But Lou, the other team that also lost a linebacker in the offseason is Carolina, the Carolina Panthers. I think that, that could possibly be a, uh, a fit that could do well for him as well. Yeah, definitely. I mean, they are so in on the offensive side of the ball now, Steve, that they, if they sure up that defense, I mean, no one wants to see Carolina in that division. But, but going to our last guy, Steve, the only secondary guy we have on the list, which for the biggest name as well, is Logan Ryan. I We just found out he's not going back to the Titans. Steve, the place I think he could really do well is the Raiders. I mean, I know they drafted Damon Arnett and they have uh, Abrams coming back at safety, but there's no real veteran presence at that cornerback position. And I feel like that's a, a position where depth is essential. You know what I mean? Next man up, if a guy starts playing well and doing well in certain coverages, he's going to get more playing time. And I think Logan Ryan is somebody that's proven himself to play in different systems. He's been in big playoff games. And I just think it couldn't hurt for the Raiders to spend some of that money that they still have on what may be the best corner free agent left? No, that that wouldn't be a bad fit at all. Lou, I honestly think that Logan Ryan has a couple of fits. I know the Giants have, have a connection with, with all the 
New England ties and stuff like that. But I don't think that Logan Ryan is going to be a New York Giant. Signing James Barry to a big contract price, you know, drafting DeAndre Baker early. And, you know, a lot of mid-round guys in our secondary are really fighting for a position at that nickel corner in that safety group. So I think it's going to be competitive. And I don't, I don't think we'll go in that direction. The teams that I think could are the Cowboys, the Bengals, and the Texans. The Texans locked up uh, Bradley Roby as their corner coming over from Denver. But the Cowboys are losing Byron Jones. And, Lou, I, I don't think that either of us could, could name a, a top defensive back on, on the Bengals right now. So I think all three of these teams could use some serious secondary help. But I would, I would especially expect a team like the Cowboys, the Texans, to make a push since since they're the the more of a team that's titled as a contender. Yeah, I actually love that fit with the Cowboys because – with them, you never know. It always seems like they're like one or two defensive pieces away, and I feel like they don't want to hear that anymore. You know what I mean? Like, we have that guy behind us now. Absolutely. That's why I think, you know, they, they really got that contract done with Andy Dalton. I think they're really over, you know, having the whole back and forth with Dak Prescott and the way this whole contract's worked out. So I think what they're saying is, you know, if Dak really does want to miss a couple games, I don't mind giving Andy Dalton $3 million guaranteed to be our backup quarterback if he's going to... He's a top five backup quarterback already, you know what I'm saying? Easily top five. That won't be a long-term situation for him, but Dak won't be on a long-term situation away from the Cowboys either. I think it'll eventually find a way to work itself out. But I also think that if Dak keeps playing this the way that he is, he could push himself out of a situation in Dallas. Yeah, definitely. No, it, it could be a really, really weird scenario in Dallas. But yeah, people forget Andy Dalton's been to the playoffs multiple times, man. It's a lot more than a lot of people. Yeah, he's a solid guy. You know, there was a lot of teams that were in for him. I think when the Bengals were trying to trade him, it just wasn't going to work out. And then you saw a team like the Bears go after the Nick Foles instead where if Andy Dalton was cut, who knows what they would have tossed at him. You know, that definitely would have been, I feel like, a more competitive situation in Chicago. Not that Mitch and Foles won't be competitive. I just think, you know, Andy Dalton really might have set himself aside in that situation. Definitely, no, yeah. He, he could really make a home for himself and, and see. But honestly, I think besides Brissett, he is the best backup on the planet. Yeah, Brissett's deaf up there for, for a guy you know, as far as those backup quarterbacks go. He has the experience of, of being the starter. So we'll see what the Colts do there with that situation. But that wraps things up for this episode, guys. Make sure to check out our newest episodes. Have a bunch of new episodes coming your way. Check out my latest article, The Most Dominant Pass Rushers in the NFL. Go on sandbox.net to check those out. And if you haven't already, guys, go check out our Landon Collins shout out. It was really cool to get a shout out from the Washington Redskins safety. Just kind of recognizing all the hard work we're putting in here. Since the Sandbox, baby. You're since the Sandbox.net. Check it out.